Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where you will find real, authentic messages, testimonies, and conversations that I hope really helps you along your journey through faith. So if you're taking your time out today to listen to this podcast, I just want to say thank you, and I hope it truly inspires you. God bless. I got to test. Oh, this is, this is good. All right, you guys doing good? Who wants bacon? Like literally, it's real bacon. It's not like turkey bacon, the fake bacon even though that's what I eat. If you want bacon, raise your hand. As you guys are getting some bacon, I, I want you to say something. I want you to say, are you afraid of the dark? All right, say it one more time. Are you afraid of the dark? Does anybody that is below 30 years old recognize this image? Below 30. Do you guys recognize the image? You recognize the image? Or you want bacon? There was this show, so we're starting a new series called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And there's a show growing up that this is what it is, and it terrified kids, basically, but it was on Nickelodeon, and it was called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And sometimes, what's that? I know that the channel? Yeah. So it was on Nickelodeon, it's called Nickelodeon After Dark, and literally it scared kids. But it was called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it had some creepy stuff, but I thought, how fitting for October. Say bacon. bacon. Say TV. So one of the things that aggravates me, I'm going to tell you right off the bat in October, is I'm watching football. I'm watching the Vikings lose week after week this year. Yeah, I know. Hey, could you turn me down just a little bit, if you don't mind? Sweet. Thank you. I know. What's that? (laughs) But don't you hate when you're watching like a football game and then all those creepy like images, like those trailers for the creepy movies start coming out. And it's just like, I'm watching football. My kids are sitting next to me. And then all, like, the exorcist comes on and all that. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's wonderful to watch with my kids. Like, thanks for putting that on their TV station, ESPN. So a lot of people during Halloween, they start dealing with all this weird stuff. They start dabbling in, like, all these, like, just nasty horror movies. Some people do, like, the Ouija board. Don't ever do that. If you're one that's like, I'm going to do the Ouija board, don't do that. It's not good. It's not inviting good spirits in. Do not do that, please. But a lot of people do some weird stuff during the month of October. And we're going to talk about, you know, all these TV shows that come on, all these weird games that people play. What I'm going to try to pull from this is what I want to talk to you guys about is, are demons real? I'm not going to have like a scary message, nothing like that. But are demons real? Are these scary things that we are seeing on TV, are they true? Well, honestly... A lot of them are embellished for TV. So yes, it's true, but a lot of them, they take it to a next extent, which is why we're going to look at biblical context for it. Now everybody say, where's the bacon? That's why you're eating bacon. Where's the bacon? Say bacon. Where? Say in my belly. All right. So when we look at scripture, we got a lot of talking going on, guys. We got a lot of talking. The Bible tells us that demons are real, but we as men and women and children of God, we don't have to worry about them because Jesus is more powerful. So Jesus is more powerful than these demons that are talked about in scripture. But you might wonder like, what is a demon? It's an enemy of God. A demon is an enemy of God. And there is a story that I'm gonna share with you that I think is kind of funny, honestly. And it really shows the power of God. Now, if you have your phone, you have 
Sweet. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, starting with verse 26. It says, okay, so we're going to go verses 26 through 29. That says, so they arrived in the region of Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons, yep, this is in the Bible, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked. Put on some clothes, bro. Living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Jesus, son of the most high God. Did you notice that it said Jesus stepped out of the boat and he already knew who he was? Please, I beg of you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit had often taken control of the man, even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles. He simply broke them, meaning the shackles, the chains, and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. So the dude is butt naked running in the woods. Like, that's what the demon did to him. Like, I'm just being honest with you. But right away, when you read through these verses right here, it shows the true power of Jesus right off the bat, right off the first scripture. It shows the true power of Jesus. Why? Because the demon immediately knew who he was. He immediately knew who Jesus was. Jesus was literally climbing out of the boat and this man comes up to him because the the demon knew the power of Jesus. And then he falls to his feet, falls to the feet of Jesus. And something I want to mention when I read this scripture is it says that the guy ripped off the shackles. He broke the shackles. He broke the chains. When you looked at the shackles and the chains that they wore back then, it was the, it was the feet and the hands that were shackled. It's almost in, Johnny couldn't even probably rip them apart. And that dude carried up my washing machine all the way upstairs by himself. I'm not even kidding. It's almost impossible for us to break chains like that. But yet this man breaks the chains every single time, and yet the demon was still scared of Jesus. Shows you the power of God. Everybody say power. Power. Now say Luke Luke. 8.30. Not time, like chapter 8, verse 30. It says, Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demon kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. That's a lot of bacon that drowned. We could have cooked it. Well, you wouldn't want to eat it because the demons are cast into it, but whatever. So why in the world... Would they want it to be cast into pigs? Everybody say pig. pig. Say uh, swine. Why would you want to be casted into the pigs? Well, in Jewish, Jewish times, pigs were actually considered very dirty and untouchable. But when we look at the town that they actually entered in, that we read in the first verse, there were non-Jewish people living and working in this town, and they happened to have a bunch of pigs. Now, I'm going to share something with you. That's really not relevant to what I'm talking about. It's just kind of funny. I'm going to share with you some facts about pigs. Can I do that? You want to hear some facts about pigs? Cool, because I'm going to do it anyway, because it's on my notes. 
Did you guys know that pigs don't sweat? Okay, I didn't. <laughs> Just kidding. Did you know that pigs are actually considered very clean animals? That's just weird to me. Even though the Jewish people thought they were very dirty, I would think they were very dirty with how they roll in the mud and all that. Did you know that pigs are actually smarter than dogs? Did you know that pigs say other things besides oink? That's what it said on these notes. They grunt and they squeal. I heard, yeah. Pigs are very social animals. Pigs like to be in, interacted with. Pigs have very powerful noses. Do you know that pigs can't fly, but they can swim? And they're actually very good swimmers. Did you know that pigs also have very, very great memories? Or me a great, great memory. I didn't know that. I don't know why it really matters. But did you know that pigs have personality? Everybody say personality. And pigs love to play. And my fact that I added is that bacon is delicious. That's what I think about pigs. So I'll tell you a quick story. I was working out on a, with a farmhand. Do you guys know what a farmhand is? Like, or I'm sorry, like working out on a farm? So I was a farmhand, a guy that was basically the grunt, and he was just like, he goes, hey, boy, I need you to jump into the, into the ring of the pig, and I need, you to, I need you to lasso it up. And I'm like, I don't even know how to lasso. And he was just like, I don't know, just uh, tie the pig up, son. I'm like, all right. I jump in there. I jump over the fence, and I start walking, and I look at this pig, and I'm like, this pig is giant. <laughs> Have you ever seen those, like, really big pigs that I'm like, you didn't tell me it was like the Goliath of pigs. And so I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, it's fat and it's really big and it can run fast. And so I kind of creep down at it. I'm like, hey, buddy, like it's going to do anything. I'm just like, hey, buddy. And then he just like dead stares me. And I felt like he looked into the depths of my soul. And then he just starts squealing, running after me. I dead sprint the opposite way, leaping over the fence, and it hits that fence so hard. And it, it kind of reminded me, I was like, if I would have got hit by that thing, I probably would have got eaten by it because it was so powerful. That pig was powerful, and I was scared, and I think I peed my pants when I was in there. So I hopped the fence, I got out of there, and honestly, I never underestimated pigs. This is why I eat them. That's why I enjoy bacon but I digress. Again, I told you this had nothing to do with it, but I was like, what's the story about a pig? It's my only story about a pig. Everybody say demons. Don't say demons. Everybody say Jesus. Almost pulled your dad. <laughs> say Jesus is greater than the enemy. So I meant to say. All right. So we look at this context and we knew that demons immediately knew who Jesus was. Immediately know, knew who Jesus was. And they knew the power of Jesus. That's why they fell to, to the knees of him. So Jesus cast them out of this man's body. He casts them out to the pigs. The pigs run down the hill. You know, you, you already heard it, and they drown, and they're dead. But why is this important? Because it's, it, it got the attention of the townspeople. And I'll show you what it says in 34 through 37. It says that when the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. And people rushed out to see what had happened, and a crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been freed from demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed, because remember, he was known to be naked. He was fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of Gerasene begged Jesus to go away and to leave them alone for a great wave of fear swept over the people. You see, the people feared this because they saw how insane this man was. 
Some of them were probably like, this dude's wearing clothes. It's not natural for him. And they saw the power that Jesus had over these demons because he was known as the town crazy. He was known as the guy that was always escaping and running into the woods. Needless to say, the people were freaked out. They were freaked out. Jesus healed the man that everybody was also freaked out about. The people, you know, when you read through this, the people were so nervous about this that they actually asked Jesus to leave because they didn't know what to do. They're like, what do we do with this guy? And Jesus agrees to leave, but the man that was demon-possessed, that was demon-possessed, didn't want Jesus to go. And why didn't he want him to go? Well, I think it's kind of obvious. I think he was grateful and wanted Jesus close to him. Because if you can imagine this guy who has been possessed, who has no control, completely gets freed by literally just being in the presence of Jesus. That's how powerful God is. And 38 through 39, I'll I'll read this real quick for you as well. It says that the man who had freed, or the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. So we read this story and what do we see here? I'm going to give you the hallmark cliche answer that I'm going to give you right now is Jesus loves every single one of us. Even the man who was possessed, he loved him. Loved him enough to care for him, to cast the enemy out of him. Jesus, everybody say, Jesus loves us. Even those of us who are struggling, even those... I've known so many people that say, I've done so much bad in my life. I'm like, yeah, but it's not too late. It's never too late. You've heard me say that before. It is never too late. I don't care what season of life you're in. I don't care what bad things you've done. I don't care what you've said about somebody else. You can be saved. You can be healed. Because God is greater than your problem. We know that Christ is stronger and better than whatever is going to come any of your way. A lot of us do feel stuck. I get it. A lot of us feel stuck. And there's one point that I want to give you tonight. And I'm going to do that throughout this series is I want to give you just one takeaway is that Jesus has the power to transform lives. Jesus has the power to transform lives. It doesn't matter, like I said before, where you came from. It doesn't matter how bad your sin is. It doesn't matter how many sins that you're racking up under your belt. It doesn't matter. If you are willing to say, God, I'm giving everything for you to transform my life. I mean, heck, he transformed my life. He transformed Kristen's life. I know he's transformed many lives in this room, but I know that there are some of us sitting here saying, Pastor Tate, but I don't, I don't think it's enough. Jesus is enough. He's enough for every single one of us. So if you have this thought in your mind that it's like, no, it's not. I want to tell you, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as no to Jesus. Unless if it's unbiblical. He can do anything to transform your life. If you are willing to allow him to do it right here, right now, tonight, if there is something that you are going through, if there is something that you are struggling with, if there is a sin that you've been fighting for years 
and you're just like, God, I'm giving up. Don't do it. Allow him to transform your life. So the question I'm going to have for you tonight is, what is your choice going to be? Are you going to allow him to transform your life? Or are you going to stay content in your sin? Now, I'm not saying you got to be perfect. I'm not saying your sin, with you getting your life transformed, that you will no longer sin. There's no such thing. Because we're not perfect. Jesus is perfect, but none of us are perfect. So as we pray tonight, I want you to think about that. Are you going to allow the enemy to get a hold of you continuously, day after day, or are you going to make that bold statement tonight when we pray? Are you going to make that bold statement tonight and say, God, completely take this sin out of my life? And some of you might leave and still struggle, but don't give up. Continuously, even when you're at home, say, God, please help me, transform me, and he will come through. That's one thing I can guarantee you is God will, will, will come through if you allow it. Think about that decision as you bow your head and close your eyes. And I always pray over two things. And one of the things I'm going to pray over is if you are struggling with something in your life, if there's something that maybe you've been fighting for for years and you're just like, man, I can't kick this bad habit. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Can you put your hand in the air? This just knows who we're praying for. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I can see if you're looking. Awesome, thank you. And if you're sitting here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ and you want to do that tonight, you want to dedicate your life after him, will you put your hand in the air as well? Best decision you'll make. Awesome, thank you. All right, so we're going to pray for the second thing first. And lately I've been having you pray out loud and I'm going to do that again. So I want everybody, even if you didn't raise your hand, I want everybody to repeat this out loud. Lord God, I give my life to you. I know I am not made perfect, but Lord, I lay my sin at the cross. Lord, I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross to give us hope who shed his blood to give us new life. So God, I come before you today to live for you from this moment forward and from this moment on. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give those a hand that made that commitment tonight. Give those people a hand. All right, so we are going to pray for the first thing, and I want to pray over, like, struggles, anything that you're going through. You don't have to repeat this out loud, but every head bowed, every eye closed, and let's pray over that tonight. Father, we just thank you, first of all, for the amazing God that you are. But God, we just come before you to lay down the sins that we are struggling with day after day. God, I know there's many of us in here that are sick and tired with the things that we are struggling with, but God, I know you can do the impossible. So God, I pray over every student, every leader in this place that the struggle they are going through, that you will take it away, that you will break those chains, that you will cause the enemy to flee, that you will cause those demons to get out of our homes. So God, as we walk out of these doors, I just pray that you make these students new after you that the things that we struggle with will either be no more 
or when that temptation comes up, I pray that you give them an avenue to take so that they will not fall into that temptation. God, keep us humble. Keep our minds sharp in your word. And God, let us to know you more day after day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for taking your time out to watch this podcast. I really hope it inspired you. Make sure you click that follow for future episodes and to follow us on our other social media platforms. You have a great rest of the day. God bless.